and welcome to the Infinity Rose podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Jared in the hot seat today. Joining me, we have a special guest, and I don't want to say a special guest. He's a guest, I guess. Um, our very special guest coming to us live from Minnesota. Uh, it is Andrew Rayner of Game Informer. You are kind of everywhere. You do Video Games Weekly. Uh, you do Comic Book Podcast. You do a million other things. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I get stressed out when when people bring up all the projects I have, <laughs> you know, because I pick at them one by one. But I, when I hear them all together, I'm like, my God, what have I done? <laughs> I wonder. So do you actually like take any time to play the video games or is it just reviews till you die? Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of funny how I operate, you know, like when you hear people write a novel, it'll be like, I'm going to go to a cabin in the woods for three months and write a right. novel, <laughs> whereas I will write a thousand words up to exactly a thousand words and then I'll stop. Yeah. And then I hand it to my my uh, writing partner, Chris Cluey, sure. and he'll go over it and then I'll write another thousand and then he'll go over it. So I kind of pick at things in, in interesting ways to free up time, basically, long answer short, to play games. That's wild. Well, it, it seems to be working out in your favor uh, with all the projects you're on. My not so special guest, uh, you love him, you hate him. He's an enigma to the podcast. Zane, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing great. I always love when you start out an intro and you start talking about and hyping up a guest because I never yeah. know if you're actually talking about me or our actual guest, the actual guest? Yeah. because it's just for the bit and I love it. But I'm happy to be here, you know, excited to do uh, record another episode. You guys are used to the sweet and sultry tones of either uh, Isaac or the obnoxious bullhorn that is uh, Max, but you got me hosting today. So uh, buckle up, folks. It's going to be wild. All right, Rainer, you are not prepared for this, and that's by design. I'm sorry to do this to you, but we have a segment on the Infinity Bros podcast called the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, so strap in. I hope you survive. Are you a heel or a baby face? If you can make any flavor cheese it, what would it be? Is it pronounced Grogu or Groku? If Keanu Reeves isn't in the movie, can it be star-studded? It's time for the Infinity Gauntlet, here on the Infinity Bros Podcast. First question comes to us live from uh, Max Mosier. He says this, you're building a new office, congrats. Uh, he must have saw that on Twitter. What is one feature of your new office that you wish paralleled the Batcave? <laughs> a feature yeah uh, i mean the the giant t-rex is something everybody should have in their right. life at some point right <laughs> like uh i don't know why he had that i mean batman you know it's like he, he's the coolest guy the darkest you know character he's his base is a cave but right. even he succumbs to the allure of a cool t-rex you know like he needs that dino the, yep. uh so yeah i wish we could fit a full you know, life-size T-Rex in our office, but alas, we can't. Bat computer, uh, maybe one of his suits. They got the the Batmobile, and you chose giant stuffed dinosaur. I applaud you for that. I, I need that. Yeah, that's good. That's the right choice. That's right. It's, it's the that right or the penny, right? Um, okay, Zane, do you have one for? Yes, I do. Reiner, my question for you is: You are tasked with starting a food truck with any video game character of your choosing. What video game character do you choose to start this food truck with, and what do you serve? Ah, uh, boy, that is an interesting question. I'd go with Blanca, 
you know, from Street Fighter, the mm-hmm. the green guy with the purple spiky hair. Yep. Yeah. I would have him at the front window because you won't get any any grief from any guests. They will just <laughs> no. see Blanca there and they'll be like, you're, you're just making the food the way it is on there. I'm not going to like complain or anything. So that frees up the cooks. It's a comfortable work environment for them. <laughs> this is wild. My favorite food in the world is salad. There is never a salad uh, food truck at all. It's always tacos or some kind of meats or whatever. So I would go with like a salad truck where you can pick from a bunch of ingredients and they'll mix it up for you. I just wonder how you stuff him into a food truck. Uh, I feel like space is limited in that, but, you know, good on you. It's a very big food truck. (laughs) My question for you, uh, are you a fan of the Soulsborne series? I am. Yeah, I love them. If you were to pick one boss um, from any firm software games, from software games, what boss do you think you could handle in real life? You, Andrew Reiner, real life facing off. Uh, none of them <laughs> is, 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 the, is the actual answer. Uh, you'd see me running as fast as I can. I would I would go with more of a, a father Gascoin or, you know, is uh, someone that's humanoid. Yeah, uh, that would scare me the least and maybe give me that that thought of like there's a sliver of chance. Yeah, I could maybe pick hit the werewolf once. man with a <laughs> saw blade and a shotgun as your. OK, yeah, maybe I could make him go ow. Yeah. And, and then I die horribly. Yeah. That's great. That was not the answer I expected, but I love it. nonetheless. <laughs> All right. Next one comes to us from our good buddy, Mark says a comic crossover you would want to see that has never been done before. That's a wonderful question because there's been so many crossovers. I would I would I guess you you kind of got to go to those defunct series like um Preacher um uh you know the Saint of All Killers crossing over with maybe Ghost Rider that would be cool. Ooh, oh wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> that would be like a dark sinister holy war that could be neat. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, comic fans would, you know, bemoan it kind of like when Watchmen became a part of DC for, for a bit there. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. People did not care for that. No, it just seemed like you're kind of taking something that's sacred and just trying to make money off it. And I mean, they did. (laughs) It worked. I I applaud them for making a lot of money off it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that would, that'd be a cool crossover. I could riff off this, this topic for hours. That's a great question. Let's start a second podcast. You, me, Zane. <laughs> there we go. And we'll just, just yeah, crossovers. crossovers we need. Next question comes to you from Robbie. It says, if you could revive an old video game series, what would it be? This is not a remake, but a completely new story. So maybe something in the vein of the Final Fantasy VII remake, but even further down that line, even more you know, removed from the original. Revive an old one that hasn't come back. That is... Uh... Pretty much everything's come back. Joe and Mac has come back now. Actraiser, that was one of my favorites. That's back. Oh, uh, I used to play this all the time on Super Nintendo. Lufia. Do you remember those games? No, they're they're JRPGs, and you know they were they'd go not quite toe to toe with Final Fantasy two and three, but they were in the same conversation. That series just died off. I would I'd bring those back. Dang, that sounds fantastic. I'm if, Legend nothing of if not a Legend of Dragoon. Maybe that one's more current for you guys. That's the yeah, absolutely. Not to age myself, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, is criminally underrated. 
It was so good. That is kind of the big thing, right? Is like, and we'll talk about this more down the line, but nostalgia is everything and every series has to be rebooted or lost sequel or, you know, brought back at some point. And so answering that question, I can imagine is a challenge. Um, next one comes to us from Isaac. It says, if you were given full creative control of a game in development, uh, what comic book storyline would you choose to adapt for a video game? Okay, uh, read that again. I'm a little confused. It, so it's a, is it a comic video game that's in development or just am I a, adapting a comic storyline to any game? I think that's what he means by this. It, the wording is a little funky, but uh, Isaac has been playing a ton of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And so I think that's sort of on the brain right now. Yeah, that one, you know, that's interesting because that's almost adapted from the Donnie Cates run on Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it touches, not to spoil anything, but it touches on one of those same things. Um, I guess, you know, let's let's take a look at, you got Spider-Man in, in development, you have Wolverine in development. Let's go Wolverine and, boy, just the, either the classic Weapon X story, adding that in there, or... Um, you know, some of the Claremont stuff, but uh, maybe old man Logan have some Ooh. flash forwards. Yeah, Ooh. I would love that. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. Ooh, sign me up. I'm always down for blind Hawkeye. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, seeing the, oh, yeah, you could do some really cool stuff in the game space with that. There, not to get too off track here, uh, right from the start, because congratulations, you have officially survived the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. Um, they have been obviously doing a lot with old man Logan and the sort of uh, future verse that they created there. Um, and the hot new thing, I don't know if you've seen this is like audiobooks and podcasts in that universe. And that's such a weird direction for me. I haven't picked any of them up to see if they're good or not, but what do you think about this? Like revisiting these stories that are self-contained in that sort of format? I love the idea. I'm, I'm like you, I haven't listened to them yet, but just the thought of being in my car going on a road trip and being able to listen to some of my favorite stories in a new way is intriguing. So, you know, I'm on board for that. I just keep forgetting when I'm in my car. Uh, I just get brain dead in there and I'm just like, uh, listen to NPR or whatever music I have on. Um, but yeah, I, I really do need to check those out. I don't know anyone who turns on uh, NPR on purpose and who's you know <laughs> under the age of sixty, but you know, I won't hold I, that you against know, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm older, but I, I listen to it just for like what's going on with COVID. <laughs> like it's like it's like every five minutes you get an update. That would be uh, that would be pure anxiety for me. Um, obviously, people know you from video games and uh, comic books. Uh, of the last year, what have kind of your standouts as far as nerdy things that you've gotten into? And it doesn't have to be strictly related to those, but, you know, TVs, movies, video games, whatever you think stood out for you this year. Uh, so any any medium um, recommendations, I'm guessing I'm giving here. Sure, for, absolutely. Um, kind of your greatest hits. Yeah. So Donny Cates, we brought him up earlier. Uh, Thor, his run on Thor has been outstanding. I just, he's, you could tell he's having so much fun and he's just locked in with that comic. Um, Department of Truth, that comic run has been just mind-blowingly cool. Um, I, I cannot pronounce his name. Tivian, Tivian, the Batman author, he's on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool. So those, those are two comics you should check out. And then in the TV space, 
really like Evil. Uh, that's on, uh, is that Paramount Plus? We all have every streaming service, right? Like <laughs> right. at this point, we're just signed up for everything. The um, bros do this thing where um, one of us purchases an account. And if somebody doesn't have it, we all share accounts with each other. It's um, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're designed for, right? Yeah. Netflix, you didn't hear that, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, they're like, hey, you know, give it to six people in your family. And it's like, what does family mean? You know? <laughs> well, I don't know if I count meaning. Zane as family, but yeah, fair enough. On Netflix or streaming, yeah, Evil, Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Mm, yep. That's Jeff Lemire, to kind of throw it back. That's his comic run that they've adapted. It's very cool. Very touching. Beautifully shot. He is, uh, like... Obviously, I've read a lot of his mainline Marvel stuff, but I've been digging more and more into his indie work, and he always hits it out of the park. I mean, he knows his stuff. Uh, Sweet Tooth is obviously a personal favorite. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, May's book, is, is he just finished that. Uh, I just, I, I beautifully, again, just a wonderful story. Yeah, I can't say enough about Jeff. And then um, games, I've just been playing a lot of Halo Infinite multiplayer with with my friends. You know, I got to play, stay current on all games for work, you know, play through like the big ones, make sure you don't have any gaps and you can be knowledgeable at, about all of it. But for fun, it's, it's been Halo Infinite. I get that. Um, sounds like a, a rough line of work to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's fun and I probably would try to do that in my normal life, sure. but you know, like when it's like, it's not required, but you feel like I, I really need to see returnal through to see what that's all about yet you know your backlog is starting to stack up you know you get all these other games like oh i still haven't touched hitman 3 and it's like oh boy you know like i, I gotta make sure i see these things so it gets a little stressful Absolutely. uh zane anything to add to that well i was just gonna say i imagine coming out from that aspect how the stress would kind of add on to that because you like for me and so many people, you come through video games as a medium to kind of relax you're hanging out with your buddies you're having fun but finding that line of like am I still having fun with this or is that line of like, I'm doing this for work. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that was what would really stress me out. Like, I feel like I'm, am I having fun? Am I enjoying this still? Or am I just slogging through this because I feel like I'm have a debt because this is work, you know, that is definitely the, the balancing act that you got to try to find. And, and there's times you, you slide off it, right? Like into that territory where you're like, I, I just, what am I doing? And then you just got to like shut it down and, you know, go outside and look at a sunset or, right. <laughs> yeah. Re, you know, getting in your, you know, karate kid pose and just, you know, uh, you know, reset relax. a little bit. Yeah. 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 We talked about comics a little bit and I feel like this year has been kind of wild for comics. Obviously Indies has had some big ones. Uh, did you catch something's killing the children? Hold on. Oh, 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 my gosh. That is so good. Of course. That one caught me off guard. I did not expect it to. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, The premise was a little interesting for me. And then once I dug in, man, I could not set the series down. Uh, It was so good. Yeah. And that's that's the Department of Truth writer. So if you like this, you, you need to check out Department of Truth. And that got adapted. Both of these got adapted. This is, I think... Did Netflix pick up something is killing the children? And then um, really the Chernobyl, one of the Chernobyl runners got Department of Truth. And how did they did they say how far down the pipeline that one was? No, I don't know where they're at in the, the creative process, but both have been I tapped like to. Be, yeah. yeah. 
that would be a fantastic series, both of those. Um, Marvel stuff, obviously, um, we had King in Black. Uh, Danny Cates has been everywhere. Uh, Jed McKay has been everywhere doing everything. Um, you talked about some of your standouts. Obviously, Thor was a big one. Anything else to touch on there? Yeah, Dark Ages has been fun. You know, that's kind of like a look into the if all the electricity in the world went out in the Marvel Universe, what would that world be like? That's a cool one. That's going on right now. I think that's on issue four or five. Um, what else? It, there's I'm reading a everything. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm reading everything. Um, Zdarsky's Daredevil? I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, yeah, name. that's that's one of the best series out there. Yeah, it's fantastic. And they and uh, Elektra just came out this week, which I haven't read yet. But um, yeah, going into Dark Reign, it, it's or Devil's Reign is um, that's been fun, too. And that's kind of getting all that's like a Marvel epic. You have all the characters involved in that. They've been sitting on obviously like what they're going to do with the Netflix stuff going into the MCU. And the fact that they I mean, Sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't been on the internet the last two weeks. Um, but Daredevil and Kingpin are back. Um, I would love to see some of this stuff be brought into, you know, a TV series. I don't think they'll ever touch the Netflix stuff again, but maybe on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's hard because runs like this don't really seem like they're sort of the Disney Plus formula. Obviously, they keep it very sanitized. Um, but man, like a, like a king in black into this daredevil run that we've been having is exactly what I want. Yeah. I think they could do King in black, you know, that, that has the makings of like the showdown against Thanos, you know, like it's huge in scale. It's cosmic. You get every character involved for the fate of the world or fate of the universe. But then, you know, when you go into the daredevil run and, and he's just in prison, it's like, I, I don't know. It, It loses that high budget, production you know like it's a whole different beast so yeah i don't know if they would do that devil's reign on the other hand feels like that big production again thor i feel like we're getting obviously a taste of some of that stuff um taikotiti's adapting some of the thor runs for um uh disney right now and and we're gonna see what that looks like down the line but uh going forward i feel like there's a lot that they can do with thor um out of the comics zane anything to add to all this no, I just I feel like kind of a duck out of water here because I I haven't gone through my comic books in such a long time. And I'm just like I'm so far behind on even this the new stuff that I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. Maybe in a couple of years I'll get to reading it. So I'm like I'm making mental notes of everything everyone talks about. Yeah, this is cool. This is cool. But then I'm like, oh, man, like I'm so far behind on everything and I just need to just jump in. There's arguably too much, especially if you're like an X-Men fan. Uh, House of X, Powers of X blew everything wide open. So it was it was fine when it was those two series. And then when they're like, it's those are going to bleed into eight ongoing series. You're like, what? And you have to read all those to understand, you know, X of Swords. Yeah, it's it's too much right now. Um, I miss the good old days where it was Claremont had like four running series at a time. That was about it. (laughs) Rolling into some more 2021 talk. um, And I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about this because I know you guys have talked about it on your podcast. Um, I've seen articles about it, but uh, we had the goatee come out and it takes two, you know, ran away with the title. Uh, That's a game that I got to play. I haven't played many video games that are new this year. 
And I liked it. I thought it was fantastic as far as gameplay goes, but the storyline felt so jarring to me, especially uh, if you played the game, there's two scenes in particular that are like wild for what to me originally looked like a kid's game. It is not a kid's game for the record. Um, how did you feel about that one winning? I know it's on your list. I'm not going to spoil where, but uh, do you feel like that deserved the goatee or would you put something else at top dog? I, I feel like Halo kind of got robbed and, and not that it, it would have beat it takes two. I just feel like it wasn't even in the conversation because their cutoff was November and Halo came out in December. So what's going to happen next year? Halo is going to be going against Elden Ring and uh, Horizon Forbidden West and, and just all these juggernauts. And I feel like it was its year, you know, Halo was my game of the year. And, and I just feel like it not even being in that conversation was a little strange. Uh, I wish Keeley would move his awards back a month, you know, just, just make sure everything's there. Exactly. Like that's always been something I felt weird that they do it in November. Cause I feel like coming in December, like you get a decent amount of releases cause stuff's trying to get out for Christmas and the holidays, like doing it a month early seems kind of odd, like bump it back, get the whole kind of that calendar year in there of what's, yeah, I guess it's just, yeah, you're right. Like Halo Infinite should have been up there, but now it's getting pushed back and it's just like, eh, that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's like the snapshot of the year with an asterisk on it, right? Like I I, I want to remove that asterisk and, and uh, you know, I don't want to shortchange It Takes Two. That's that's my number two, right? Like that game is 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 awesome and beautiful and uh, the amount of variety in that gameplay was was remarkable like I, I i was shocked when i played that game and and loved it um but yeah i like i said i'm still playing halo and you know every once in a while you look back on the year and you're like oh i don't know about that but this year it's just like yeah that's that's my game like that was an easy pick for me even even though i loved it takes two they um there is something too to like obviously next year you said they're going up against elden ring and forbidden west and there's something about like recency bias you know halo at that point will been Obviously still active, but, you know, more of a distant memory than some of these uh, other ones. Obviously, Elden Ring's February, so it's not that far removed. But um, in the scope of things, yeah, I feel like Halo really did get snuffed on that one. Um, speaking of games this year, it was kind of an odd one where you had some some new games come out with a bang. Uh, obviously, Inscription was a big one. Uh, Wilder Myth. Um, it takes two, several of these other titles that we, you know, were brand new to the forefront. And then a lot of classics that saw sequels or redos, um, I almost said Octonauts, Psychonauts 2, uh, <laughs> came out with a bang. Uh, some of these other ones. Do you think we're seeing like good, uh, nostalgia games come out finally? Cause I feel like there was a period in there where everything was getting rebooted and it was kind of garbage, but a lot of the ones this year feel solid yeah i agree with you and it's a lot of them are coming from the main studios right like you'll see things like hey system shocks coming back when it's like well none of the dev team that worked on the original system shocks is there whereas you know ratchet and clank came back and it's still insomniac and they still love that character and they know where to go next and it's still a lot of the same people calling those shots and then tim schaefer's still writing psychonauts so i think yeah it's it's almost like um 
I was going to say George Lucas coming back and doing the prequels. It'd be like, uh, <laughs> <Sure>. you know, <laughs> you, you, you got mixed messages there, but um, right. <laughs> uh, it'd be like George Lucas coming back and doing the the sequel trilogy, right? Like, um, you know, you want that and you always have that what ifs. I like the sequel trilogy, but, you know, it's like, what if he did those? Where you don't have those what ifs with Psychonauts and Ratchet. You're like, yeah, that's a, a direct continuation. And I think that really shows in, in the quality and, and why they're great. They know their vision. They know what they're looking for and um, obviously have more respect for the series than someone else. Um, you know, 343 did Halo and that's obviously not the original Halo dev team, but they also did Halo Wars and, you know, understand the vision and the passion behind it and knocked it out of the park. So I, I see what you're saying. Like, Get people who care about their product and it's yeah. not just needless nostalgia for cash. Yeah. And a, and a lot of time, you know, I wonder on those percentages of like number of employees that actually worked on the first Psychonauts versus two, it's probably super low. Yet you have the creative leads that are kind of calling the shots or the creative lead in Tim Schafer, right? Like the visionary. Um, but a lot of times there's a lot of turnover on dev teams, a lot of different people involved. The, scale of the projects it gets bigger you add 100 people <laughs> when it used to be 50 you know it's 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 hard to say but yeah when you do have that that top person still there that knew where the sequel was going back in the 90s you know or 2000s and uh and you get that sequel that it, that's pretty special they're invested in it is there anything that yeah no i just to agree with that i think there's a, a big difference um, especially when you come out with some of these games. And I think just us as consumers, even you can tell when something's, when someone's trying to play on the nostalgia and it's just a cash grab. And then there's the times too. Yeah. Whether it's your psychonauts, ratchet and clink, you can tell that those visionaries still have this idea of like, well, no, I, we still have this idea for this character might be other people working on it. might be different pieces, but it comes off as like this far more genuine of this continuation of a story instead of, Hey, people are going to buy this just because they recognize the name. And I, I think, yeah, we've gotten to the point just as gamers and those that enjoy it, like we can see right through that. Like, and I think maybe part of it is they're beginning to realize that let's put some more effort in this and it's all around. It's going to improve the quality because like that's what people want. People want that investment in some of these characters and that's, you know, how you get that direction going forward. There was obviously a big shortage of video games for quite a while there. Uh, we went through a drought and then the floodgates opened and suddenly everything was out. So it's not like there's people aren't hurting for games to play right now. Obviously, if you have 15 bucks for Game Pass or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, you can play whatever set. you want. So um, I do think there's something to what you said there, Zane, where with this saturation of the market and all these choices in front of you, you pull one, what's familiar and two, what you've heard good things about. And these games have been developed like that. Um yeah, I would say all in all, a good year for video games. Obviously, I can't say I'm as excited for this year as I am for next year because Elden Ring is my jam. And, uh, you know, screw everything that happened in 2021. I'm just going to be playing Elden Ring once that comes out. But um, to shift the conversation a little bit, because I know you're a fan of VR games. Uh, I am as well. Unfortunately, the only system I own is a PSVR. Uh, but we got some news there. Oh my, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quest 2 is flying off the shelves. Uh, PSVR 2 was announced uh, last week, I believe. Um, 
I don't know how much we know about that. Uh, you would know more than I would, but how do you feel about, you know, the current state of VR and VR going forward? Well, uh, so we had supply shortages on PS5, Switch, and Xbox Series X slash S all year long. We didn't have that with Quest 2. Like, when you were in stores over the holiday, Quest 2 was plentiful, and it sold a lot of units. And I think they said it's over close to around there, 10 million now on the install base. And that's where Mark Zuckerberg was saying it needed to get for it to really go mainstream. So we are at that point. We're at the peak now. You know, we're this thing could launch now. This thing is ready to go. VR has arrived, in my opinion, in that capacity. Developers jumping on, the fruits of their labors won't be until later, right? Like a year, two years from now, depending on the scale of the VR project. But adding in PlayStation VR 2 to that mix as a high-end option, with Quest 2 being very accessible in terms of you don't have a cable on you, anything like that. It's super easy to use. Self-contained and yeah. I think this is the beginning of VR this year. I know we've had it for five, seven years, however many already, but I think this is the point where it's going to take off. And I think we're we're setting up this year, setting up the next five to seven years of Quest and PSVR 2. We're having... An, an- this is a conversation I never expected to have, but you know, I have my my parents who are not tech savvy, not very video game savvy to some degree, asking me about this, you know, new wave of VR. Should I get a quest? Should I not? Um, my boss, my father-in-law is even asking me, hey, you know, should I buy a bunch of these for he works in healthcare? Um, should I buy these for training my nurses? What are the options for stuff like that? Um, and it is sort of a frequent conversation now. People know me as a guy who has a podcast about technology and pop culture. And two years ago, VR was this sort of sci-fi future age thing. And I think people are beginning to see more and more of it. Obviously, go to Walmart, right? You have Quest 2 sitting on the shelves right there to purchase and pick up today. Um, So I think you're right. Obviously, I have the PSVR. Has a long way to go before I recommend that to anyone. I hope the, the PSVR 2 is... A lot better. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend the PSVR one. Just the resolution of that screen is is not up to snuff. Quest 2, absolutely. Like, I think, you know, it's going to be a lower end model compared to what's coming next, like PSVR 2. But boy, that entry price and the, the library they have now, you get to experience kind of what we call the classics of VR on there. A lot of them, right? The Super Hots, Beat Saber, those games are on there. You're not getting Half-Life Alex unless you have the it tethered to a, a computer um, and you're using it, you know, the power of your computer through your headset. But, um, you know, I think it is a great entry point VR option quest Two, And I think, like I said, I think that's going to be around for a long time. And I think they'll carry, you know, that software will carry forward to future units. I'm frustrated that my PS VR doesn't work um, on my PS five, unless I buy the special cable or whatever. But I think when that drops, I'm, I'm picking up the, the second edition. Um, games for 2022, what's on your list right now? What are you looking forward to? Uh, what's in the rumor mill that you feel like people need to be aware of? Where do we go from here? And Halo is kind of the big thing on everybody's mind. Obviously, multiplayer is going to take, um, take us up until probably February when some of these other titles come out. But what are you looking forward to right now? I mean, the, the next big one is the big two in February 
Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. We don't need to go into those. Those are just must plays. Like two of the biggest sequels, you know, on the horizon of all time, in my opinion. Um, and then we have um, Forspoken in May, which, you know, Amy Hennig, and that just looks amazing. Those shots of the open world they show. Oh, yeah. Just truly stunning. That's the one I'm very excited for. And, uh, you know, I think this year is going to be capped with with open worlds. I think we're going to start with Elden Ring in that open world, loving it, and Horizon. And then we're going to get to Zelda, you know, whatever they end up calling that, um, the sequel to, yeah, to to that. So we'll, Breath of the Wild, we'll have to see uh, what that is, but you got to play it, right? You know, it's going to be awesome. You just know it's going to be awesome. So uh, yeah, those are the ones I'm, I'm really excited about. And Rumor Mill, I got to be really careful what I, right, <laughs> sure, for sure. What I talk about there. Uh, I tend not to like going into rumors, so um, sure. That's fair. I'll just say, I'll just kind of nod like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of your guesses are probably right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a hopeless From Software fan, so that's, you know, on my list. Obviously, Forspoken is uh, one Zane's looking forward to. I don't know, who's our who's our Horizon Zero Dawn fan? Uh, would that be probably isaac it's probably gonna be me because i don't even know if he's yeah. played the first one that's <laughs> like, fair but i was just going the reason why i'm most like for forspoken because it's like i already know i'm gonna get the new horizon i already know i'm gonna play it so like i'm looking for these games of like what's gonna surprise me like what's kind of you know kind of coming from left field that someone's like hey i'm gonna we're gonna try something new to try to you know blow someone's minds and to me that's the vibes like not those are the vibes i'm getting from forspoken of like we're trying something different and you know so, so that gets me excited because like it's something new something different and i hope it's just a new game to dive into and that other people can jump into that doesn't necessarily have that you know the triple a billing that a lot of other stuff coming out has because i I don't think there's anything better as a gamer than finding that game that flies under the radar and completely blows your mind when you finish it. Those games, for whatever reason, just stick with you a little bit differently. And like, that's, that's what I always love to try to find year in and year out. I've been sitting on, um, inscription for a while. That's one that I want to pick up, but every person I've talked to has said, it's that it's that game that, you know, really didn't get a lot of media attention until after people started playing it. And the design of that one is wild, how it shifts from a totally different game from the first chapter to the second and so on. Yeah. Uh, what <laughs> did you think? It. Is that a yeah, must pick up? It. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's only on PC right now. Um, so just, just couch that there. I, I hope it comes to other consoles because everybody does need to play that game because it's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, that twist, you know, the, the big reveal is part of what just blows people's minds. You know, they like the gameplay, but then that happens and you're like, wow, <laughs> all right, a wild. let's Fair go. Enough. Yeah. I'm excited for it in 2022 and this is not a critique on this style of game at all, but I feel like this year has been so many of these. It's the looping and resetting um, obviously, we got Deathloop. We got, um, gosh, what were all, there were so many this year. Returnal, yeah. Yeah, Returnal. I, not that it's, you know, a bad thing. And, and I think most of those games are fantastic. But I'm excited to see something new and different. Because it seems like, man, 2021 was just 
really saturated with games like that. Jared, uh, just, just tell us you're not good at roguelikes without telling yeah. us you're not good at roguelikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we have the problem too where uh, all of these guys are scared to play any sort of From Software game. And I'm trying to get everybody on the boat for Elden Ring so we can squad up because uh, sounds like the co-op in that has been revamped. The PvP has been revamped. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to tackle that with friends if I can uh, get these guys to invest, but we'll see. Um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug going forward? Uh, we've had a very good conversation. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I forgot to mention, hopefully it comes out this year, Gotham Knights. I'm excited about. Oh, yes. Um, yep. I was a big fan of the Arkham games and seeing that style of gameplay come back. Uh, and you, you brought up co-op, and I think that's going to be one of the cooler co-op experiences this year, if if done right. Nobody's played it yet, so we can't speak to it yet. But That is a departure from the formula that I feel like opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, there is that sort of same style of gameplay in things like uh, Fallen Order. Obviously, it feels like uh, Spider-Man took some inspiration from that as well, the Arkham series. And so to see that go co-op is really blows the door wide open on what you can do. Obviously, a Spider-Man going forward where you can have more than one Spider-Man uh, would be fantastic. Yeah, great pick. Absolutely. Uh, and then things things to plug, um, you know, just read Game Informer. <laughs> it's a wonderful magazine. <laughs> we have some great, great writers and, uh, you know, our, our website's fun and our shows are fun. And um, I'll be announcing hopefully two novels this year. I've, oh, wow. I've been busy nice. during the pandemic. Yeah, apparently. So, sure. uh, one sci-fi in the distant future and another's a uh, noir novel. 1930s Chicago murder mystery, nice. um, which, uh, yeah, has been a lot of fun to write. So yeah, both of those hopefully, um, will be announced this year. Again, are you sure you actually have time to play video <laughs> games amongst all this? Yeah. Yeah. Just busy, busy, busy. You've been fantastic. Zane, you've been tolerable, I guess, <laughs> uh, to the audience listening at home. Thank you guys so much for making us part of your day. Uh, feel free to check us out wherever you get podcasts. Uh, if you get the itch to Twitch, check us out there. Um, but more importantly, check out Game Informer across all the different platforms. Um, make sure you hit up Video Game Weekly. Obviously, Charch is a friend of the show. Um, make sure you check out uh, the comic book podcast. Find these novels when they come out. You know, Follow the stream. Uh, anything you can to get more Rainer in your life, be there. Can I throw in one Sorry, more deep cut question here quick? Please, yes, absolutely. Let's let's finish with a bang. Do we got any anything new coming from the uh, Rapture Twins? Uh yeah. So we're 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 discussing it. Justin uh Courtney Pierre and I. Justin Courtney Pierre and I <laughs> uh are the Rapture Twins and uh we've released a few songs. We were talking about doing more, then the pandemic happened, and then uh, he went back and started doing some touring with Motion City Soundtrack. Uh, once they're kind of done with that and he's done with his solo projects, yeah, we'll be back making some more, hopefully a full album here for, for the awesome. Rapture Twins. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. I pray that someday I have your drive because I make a sandwich <laughs> and I'm exhausted. So <laughs> good on you for a million and a half projects. Thank you guys for joining us on the Infinity Bros podcast. The only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Jarrett. This has been Zane and Andrew Rayner. 
We love you 3000. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.